Today's episode is sponsored by Breaks to Go. Breaks to Go is a mobile brake repair company that comes to you to fix your brakes. It's the perfect car repair option for busy moms. Welcome to Mom Fashions, an honest discussion about the beauty and burden of motherhood. I'm Emily. And I'm Beth. And we hope these next few minutes encourage, inspire, and remind you that we are all in this together. This is Mom Fashions, a Fort Worth Moms production. Episode 73, Adoption Mythbusters. Hello, Mom Fashions listeners. Emily and I are sitting down to talk again about adoption. And today we really want to discuss some of the adoption myths because there really are a lot of them. And Emily, as an adoptive mom, I'm sure that you have not only come up against other people's misunderstandings, but maybe even learned some things along the way of maybe some misunderstandings you had about the process, about the whole thing of adoption, because there's so many different aspects to it. Uh, we're also going to hear from some other women because Emily can speak to her experience, but we love to get expert advice from other moms who have different experiences and who maybe even have experienced adoption as an adoptee and can speak to that side of it because that's a whole different perspective. Emily, I just want to start with you. I know that you have several myths that you want to tackle, but I know one that's near and dear to your heart is myths about the birth mother. And so start us off there. What are some of the biggest misunderstandings that people have about birth mothers? Yes. And that is a great place to start because that's where the adoption journey for everyone starts mm -hmm. is with you know, a birth parent. I actually did a poll of several of my friends who are part of the adoption triad in some way. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, this is a common myth that pops up. And it is part of my own experience, but it is often something that adoptees adoptive family members and birth family members are having to dispel. And one of those stereotypes about birth mothers is that they are super young, like, you know, they are teenagers or mm -hmm. because they're so young, they don't necessarily have the ability to care for their kids. Yeah. And while sometimes that is true, that is absolutely not always the case. In our personal story, you know, one of our birth mothers was already a mother. She was already parenting other children and the other birth mother wasn't, but neither of them were teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. That. And there's also a very negative stereotype around birth mothers that they are, they struggle with drugs or poor choices with alcohol, you know, or that they're like homeless. And some people even think, you know, oh, or they're like prostitutes. Like they are these really quote unquote fast women who don't make, you know, wise choices mm -hmm. about who they're having sex with. And, also that they may be poverty, you know, homeless, 
and often uneducated mm-hmm. as well. Like they just have these these really like deplorable assumptions about birth mothers. Mm-hmm. And like I can honestly just pulling from like the people that I know, and I mean there are quite a few, probably more than the average person. But you know, I know one couple who they were a same-sex couple Mm -hmm. and they wanted to choose adoption um because they felt like their child would have almost like like a better chance of um being accepted in life as instead of being raised by a same-sex couple i have had you know friends whose birth families, you know, were just in a situation where the pregnancy was unexpected. And the parents, for a variety of reasons, you know, were not in a position where they felt parenting the child was going to be the best choice. There are as many different scenarios that that you can come up with as there are adoptions. Mm -hmm. Like, adoptions are so unique. Like, it's, it's so unique. Um, Every story is different. But one thing that is very much the same is that these children, in most cases, are really wanted. Mm -hmm. They are very much loved. And birth parents who choose to place their child for adoption are doing that oftentimes from a very loving place because they may not. Like they may not be in a tough situation where they don't have other options, but sometimes they also have just a a very realistic understanding of their life or what they want from their life and what they want for the life of their child. Um, And, you know, there, there are actually very few women that fit into that stereotype of Mm. birth mother. Yeah. And you mentioned the triad, you know, the birth mother or the birth family, Mm -hmm. the adoptive family, and then the adoptee. And I think that a lot of times within when people picture that triad, the birth mother is almost like the the bad guy, right? Right, yeah. Someone you're saving a child from. Yes, the villain, the villain. And really and truly, that's not the case. What they're doing is so sacrificial and so loving in whatever choice they're making and painful. Very painful. Very painful. Yes. Yeah. You're allowing another person to raise your child. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Like even as I was talking about the triad, that actual language is kind of actually becoming a little bit outdated. It's mm. it's something, I guess, that I kind of reference a lot because it was what we were taught when, you know, we were kind of going through the adoption process. But that sort of also presents a picture of like these different corners and they're kind of separated like mm-hmm. from each other. When really it's more like some of the images that they're using now in terms of a shape Mm -hmm. is like more like kind of like a circle with having the adoptee kind of in the middle. And because that is another myth that adoptive parents and birth parents want the same thing. They want the best 
for the child. And it's not an adoptee, adoptive mom, adoptee relationship and then birth mother being discarded. Mm -hmm. Like that's historically how adoption has happened in our country and our culture. But like we are learning more and more and more that that's a really negative and damaging kind of like way to look at that relationship like you are as a birth mother you are going to be in relationship with that birth mother in some way shape or form Mm -hmm. for the rest of your life yeah do you feel like now that people still go into it assuming that they will have no contact with a birth mother i know that that it's a choice for some to choose open adoption or not but do you think that do you feel like some of the myths that maybe were around even when you were adopting are starting to change? I mean, I have no idea, you know, what the trends are in adoptive parents right now. I do know that there is a lot more education and a shift, kind of a paradigm shift that has happened where the whole discourse of adoption, it starts with discourse and then it's going to have to trickle down to the just like traditional ways adoption agencies have been set up. Like that still has a lot of work mm-hmm. left to do. But the discourse is shifting to be much more adoptee focused. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the whole notion of like closed adoptions for the sake of the adoption parent, mm-hmm. adoptive parents, like that's kind of taboo now. And that is not, from what I understand, not really the encouraged path Mm -hmm. um, to take. Yeah. But again, there are like, there are literally a a different million, a hundred thousands, different kind of scenarios that you can, you can find yourself in. Yeah. Well, that leads me to one of the myths that you had mentioned before. And that has to do with relationships with birth families. So an adoptee having a relationship with birth families. And my understanding is that it used to be that they saw that as a damaging thing. So what would you say to that? You know, I think that's an underlying kind of cultural assumption. There are some people who will say that, well, isn't it confusing, you know, if they have relationship with an adopt with their birth family and the adoptive family? Like, do they not really think of you as their mother or you're their other mother or all that stuff? And I think, you know, it's just a lot of honesty around the situation. Like it does no one including myself, any good for me to pretend like I am the only mother my girls have ever had or will have, Mm -hmm. right? My children have two mothers. They have a birth mother and they have a mother that they live with. And Mm -hmm. both of these women are equal in value and equal in the place in their lives. Even though at this point, neither of my kids have an active ongoing relationship with their birth mothers. But trying to restrict that relationship often is because the adoptive parent feels afraid or scared. Um, I mean, there are, of course, situations where maybe it isn't 
you know, super wise for you to have a super open relationship um, with the birth family. You kind of have to take it case by case. Mm -hmm. And also those that evolves. You know, we have a very open relationship with family members for of one of our daughters. And that relationship has drastically evolved over time. But both of my girls want their birth families and want to know as much about them as possible. Mm -hmm. It is an important, like integral part of who they are as people. And so adoptive parents, you know, just kind of have to get over Mm -hmm. like these fears, because again, we're getting back to, well, what is best for the child? Yeah. And what I think used to be assumed was best, like trying to just cut all ties. This is your family. Like that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Like you can't turn your heart off Mm -hmm. like that. How much of that mentality do you think stems from the whole savior mentality that I think adoption kind of had, like we kind of had this picture of adoption as, you know, we're saving a child from something. Do you think that those are connected? Yeah, I think the whole notion, which honestly pretty much came from like Christian church influences and, you know, kind of an overtaking of the adoption community by the Christian church was definitely seeing adoption as a charity and not seeing adoption as actually forming families. So if you see yourself in a charity role, then you think you're doing a good deed. But no child, no person wants to be a charity, Mm -hmm. right? Like there's so much damage that comes from that. There's so much damage from like promoting adoption as a charity um, or something you should do to be a better person or because it's what you should do to prove you're religious. Adoption is not loving someone as if they are your own. Adoption is making someone your own. And there's Mm -hmm. a big difference Mm -hmm. in that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there is no, like, saving. I follow Angela Tucker quite a bit, and she does a great job on saying— If she had been parented by her birth mother, her life would have been very different from the life that she experienced with her adoptive parents. Mm -hmm. Different doesn't mean better. There's no way to really know that, right? Because there are also hard things that she experienced. I mean, like there are hard parts of her story in a white, middle-class, religious family that she grew up in, right? It wasn't all sunshine and roses, right? If she had been raised by her um, birth mother, it wouldn't have been sunshine and roses either. It Mm -hmm. just would be different. And so I can't say that, oh, I'm giving my girls a better life might not be like what is even the definition of a better life you know it's just that this is the way our family has been formed and Mm -hmm. our family includes my kids birth family yeah okay let's just go through i'm just going to list off a few things about the process of adoption okay and you tell me basically true or false okay okay The process to adopt is really long. Uh, True and false. (laughs) Okay. Unpack it. It 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 depends. I mean, there, like when we were going through the adoption process, 
you know, almost a dozen years ago, there were more limited options. But the whole world of adoption and foster care is growing in good ways. And, you know, for us, we did infant adoption. You know, for our oldest, we waited four months. With our youngest, it took 14. So the answer is it depends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no two adopt- adoptions no, are alike. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and if you're going, if you're adopting older, I mean, like, yeah, yeah. There, it, there is no right or wrong on that. All right, Emily, we are going to take a break, pun intended, from our true and false to hear a little bit more about today's sponsor, Breaks to Go. If you're wondering why you should choose Breaks to Go over your traditional brick and mortar car repair shop, here are three simple reasons. The first is convenience. We love things to be convenient, and I don't know about you, but I hate sitting at car repair shops with my kids. But Breaks to Go actually comes to you. So if your car is at home or at your office, they will come there and do the repair on site. Second is unmatched affordability. I didn't know this, but traditional automotive service centers cost millions of dollars to build and maintain. And we're the ones who end up paying for it. But Breaks to Go's mobile service doesn't carry that overhead. So instead, your dollars buy the highest grade parts at industry low prices. And then finally, you can find over 2,000 combined five-star reviews on Yelp, Google, and Facebook. That's right. When you want to go to the hive mind to figure out what the best company is for your brake repair, they've already built one for you. And best of all, Breaks to Go is never going to try to upsell you on additional services that you may or may not need because all they do is breaks. Okay, we are back. And now, Emily, here is our next adoption myth question. Birth parents can take a child back. False. Yes, after the final placement has been made, everything's legalized, that can't happen. It depends on what state you live in. So like in Mm -hmm. the state of Texas, um, a birth mother cannot relinquish her rights until 48 hours Mm -hmm. after the child is born. In some places, um, it could be two weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are in some states sort of like almost like trial periods. Um, So in those instances, if you agree to have placement of a child before those things are finalized, mm-hmm. yes, there is the option that a birth mother could change her mind mm-hmm. um, and the child would be returned to her. But not once the adoption has been finalized. But your adoption yeah. lawyer or agency, whoever you're going through, you know, foster care system, all that stuff, they explain, mm-hmm. you know, all of those things to you. There's never going to be like just a shocking, you know, sudden, Mm-mm. like they show up at your doorstep and they're like, going to take them back, even though they've no, been here. No, I mean, honest, like to be really honest, even in our state, which is Texas, like the birth family, shockingly, mm-hmm. has very few rights to the mm-hmm. child. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the birth father doesn't have to even be personally notified. Mm-hmm. And 
any kind of like relatives simply have no rights. Yeah. You know, which again, there there it's there are elements in each state where there needs to be some thoughtfulness yeah. in re, in reform that is more adoptee centered. Yeah. Let's talk about being adoptee centered. What does that mean? Adoptee centered means that the processes, the choices, paperwork, the expectations are centered around what is actually best for the adoptee. Mm -hmm. Historically in our country, and this, I mean, it's still true. It's really centered around the adoptive parents. Like Mm -hmm. the adoptive parents have, like it's, it's all like formatted to be more adoptive parent focused. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know how to explain that any other way. Yeah. Well, I know that we're going to, one of the people we'll we'll hear from Mm -hmm. um, is actually the co-founder of the Adoptee Collective. And so I'm sure she'll explain that more and why it's important that that adoption is kind of shifting in that direction. Yeah. um, To be more Yeah, for the the well-being of the child emotionally, Mm -hmm. physically, in the development of their identity, you know, in the way that it changes the way that you parent, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. 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 I think you you said something about you make someone yours, and it's the same way for the child, making um, that family theirs, but not necessarily losing their identity in the process, right. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas before it was like you'll just assimilate mm-hmm. Um and if you cut all ties, then that entire part of their past is just lost to them, right? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. not only just part of their past that doesn't end when they're once they're placed. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's still part of who they are, are right now today. Mm-hmm. It's part of their present. It's part of their future. Yeah, it shapes the way they think. It shapes the way they understand love. It shapes the way they understand self-worth, you know, value yeah. other people. Yeah, it's not, it does not go away, you know. And some people will worry that if an adoptee has opportunity to build relationship with the birth mother, then they will feel differently about their mother. Mm-hmm. Um, but that just, that is just silly, Mm-hmm. That's all I would like. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way that I'm not ever going to be my kid's mother. Like, yeah. we have the mother-child relationship. It's not less than. It's not different. Like, it just, it's exactly the same as if I would have birthed the children myself. Mm-hmm. But I'm never going to be their birth mother, Right. But their birth mother is also never going to be their mother, mm-hmm. right? You know, and she has to live it with, like, and live in what her role is. Mm-hmm. And I live with and live in what my role is. But my daughters get both of yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. And they have the capacity to love you both. Yes. It's yeah. not either or. It's not versus, like... We, um, Angela Tucker, again, has this great adoptee manifesto we got for the girls, and I framed it in their room. And that's part of it, Mm -hmm. that, like, I don't have to pick. I can love both. Mm -hmm. I can want to pursue both. And they they can pursue 
me and pursue her and whoever else they meet independently of me. You know, like I don't have to be in the middle and, you know, yeah. when they're little you do. But like as they get older, I don't have to be like micromanaging that. Like that's their family, mm-hmm. you know, an extended part of my family. And they get to choose how they want to manage that. Yeah. And that's beautiful. That is. All right. So true or false, adoption is expensive. It depends. Again, there are a lot of different options and it depends which route you go, what agency you use, if you use a law lawyer, if you go through the foster care system. Um, and then there are a lot more organizations as well that provide grants and resources for families um, to adopt. But there's been a lot of change yeah. in that too. So yeah. it's, it depends. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's, we talked a little bit about this just a minute ago, but the myth that love between an adoptive parent and child is different than love between a biological parent and a child. Mm-hmm. I bump into this mostly um, with people I meet who do not have children that are adopted. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard for them to like understand how that could really be true. Then it's also very difficult for me to explain to someone how it is true. Like not being pregnant and not giving birth does not make me miss out on anything of motherhood. It, I did miss out, I think, on something of womanhood, mm-hmm. but it doesn't make me any less of a woman. It's just mm-hmm. I didn't experience that. Yeah. Um, but motherhood is not defined by a baby in your uterus mm-hmm. and a baby out your birth canal. Mm-hmm. You know, like motherhood is about like the connection, the sacrifice, the commitment. Um, I mean, there are plenty of mothers that when that child was placed on their chest did not feel the connection. Mm-hmm. It was not roses and sunshine. I think the only way to convince someone this is true is that you have to spend time with me and my daughters. Mm-hmm. And then you will see, oh, there actually isn't any difference, right? Yeah. And you hear, you know, my stories of motherhood, you know, what we go through as parents, what our relationship's like, how it grows. And then that's the way you can see that I don't, you know, I would put my love for my kids up against anybody else. Yeah. Another myth I have bumped into quite a bit, and this almost always comes from people who talk to me who are considering adoption. And it's usually really very early on, or they have a family member that's about to adopt. Like they're kind of on the fringes of what, you know, that adoption may become part of their lives or, you know, that kind of thing. And this is the notion that I'm just going to like, how do you say this diplomatically? (laughs) There isn't any way to. Mm -hmm. I've had friends say to me that they are scared of adopting because adopted kids are damaged Mm -hmm. or adopted kids have problems. And I don't think I'm equipped to handle those problems, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and this could be in terms of like they think it's like mental health issues 
behavioral issues, be more prone to, you know, suicide, um, promiscuity, blah, 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 blah. And then just also, there is a lot more education about like what it would mean to be a transracial parent Uh or, um, you know, if you have, you're adopting a child who is older and that one makes me want to like climb the wall and scream (laughs) more than any other. Okay. So on one hand, one, yes. Should you be thoughtful Uh about building your family through adoption? The answer is yes. Will there be some parenting situations and paths you go down that may be a little different than if you have only birthed children? Yes. Mm -hmm. The answer is yes to all those things. But I'm going to tell you that all those things I just listed off, Mm -hmm. that's just the nature of being a parent, Mm -hmm. right? It does not matter if they're birth kids or adopted kids or whatever, Mm -hmm. You know, I think of people I know, like uh, one coworker we had, her son ended up being hospitalized, you know, for about 45 days for mental health issues. I mean, I have several friends whose kids have like behavioral issues, learning disabilities, autism diagnosis that go and walk down very hard paths in parenting. Yeah. Not one of them mm-hmm. are adopted. They're all their biological children, right? So parenting is just hard. It's this notion that if you have your own birth kids, then you're not going to have any of these problems. Oh, well, mm-hmm. you can somehow control it a little bit better. But that is BF. Mm-hmm. And there is nothing extra damaged about kids who join your family through adoption. Are they going to have challenges and struggles that you have to address as parents? Yeah. But so are the kids that come from your birth canal. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I mean, isn't it true? Like, adopted children are not inherently damaged, right? We all have struggles because we're inherently human. Mm -hmm. And I, I think, too, it points back to the myth you were talking about that love between an adoptive parent and a biological parent is different because I think that uh, at the root of that concern is that, you know, if I go through this with an adoptive child, will I love them the same as if I went through this with a biological child? Mm -hmm. And you're saying the answer is, of course, yes, you're going to love them the same, but that it's almost like these myths feed into each other, you know, like little nesting dolls or something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. And then so people then become afraid Mm -hmm. of adoption. They don't pursue adoption Mm -hmm. because of that. But then also it trickles down to then how do those people end up treating the adopted people in their lives? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's always this like, oh, well, you have problems or maybe more quickly to accuse you of stealing or, you know, you would get in trouble more in the classroom because you're adopted because there's this stereotype that adoptive people are damaged more so than people who aren't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and maybe even blaming it on the adoption instead of being able to see them as a whole person and what they're actually dealing with. Like this kiddo is autistic no matter Mm-hmm. No matter what his life story is, like yeah. he's going to be autistic yeah. in any way, you know, any place he That's lives. That's how he was made. Yes, yeah. it's how he was made. 
adoption mm-hmm. didn't cause this, you know. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to like just gloss over. Of course, there are hard things. Mm-hmm. You know, adoption isn't the savior, the roses in the sunshine. Mm-hmm. No, it's the same as parenting any other kid. Mm-hmm. It is hard. Mm-hmm. It comes with challenges. You will have unique issues to your child. It's just not this, oh, you're adopted, so the XYZ has to be true. Yeah, that's great. I think it's encouraging to hear all of this. Well, we're going to hear from other moms and experts on the topic and hopefully dispel more myths, but I'm sure we'll talk about this again at some point. Hi, this is Heather Enright. I'm a writer for Fort Worth Moms, and I've also been an adoption social worker since 1994. When it comes to adoption myths, one of them that I'd like to dispel is the idea of an orphan crisis. For decades, we've thought about children worldwide who don't have parents, and that leads us to the conclusion that adoption is the answer. But currently, 80% of children worldwide who are considered orphan actually have at least one living parent. They've been moved to residential care for issues like poverty, political unrest, wars, and natural disasters in their home countries. So because of this as the current problem, I would like to see a shift in mentality to consider family strengthening and family preservation as other avenues to help these vulnerable children and getting to the root of the problem, rather than just assuming that adoption is the answer. Understanding the problem will help us to have a better response including ideas like putting your weight behind organizations that are working in different countries um, to help families become self-sustaining, find employment, and find solutions to what's happening around them. What can be um, challenging to me is figuring out the dynamic with curious bystanders. When people see our family, they might have curiosity about us or feel that it's okay or appropriate to ask questions that might be really personal. An example would be my children are the same ethnicity and they might say, are they real siblings? And I know that they mean, are they biological siblings? But, you know, these are sometimes we just get these questions where we really have to set limits and make sure that our kids know that they can do the same. They can also set limits with random people because our story is, my kids' stories are their stories and they're not just for public consumption, if that makes sense. I think because they might have unique situations, the curious component can just make people feel okay with that. But, you know, I'm not going to ask somebody about their in vitro if I don't know them. I want to dispel the myth that children cannot miss what they never had. Our sons, who came to be part of our family five years ago, were in a crash in Haiti for four years prior to coming into our family. We had little to no contact with their birth family. After they became part of our family, we shared their story with them. And part of their story is that they have siblings in Haiti. That didn't really resonate with them at first until they began to become very close to their siblings at home and they realized what a sibling relationship was and they realized what it meant to have a brother and a sister and to have a bond that is unlike any other friendship. And that bond with their siblings here created even more grief for the siblings they left behind. And so some people might question how they could miss 
brothers they never knew, but they miss the relationship that they could have had. They miss the memories that could have been made. And that is a deep grief. And we want to create a safe space for them to share that grief. And while we can't, we can't fix and we can't replace those memories, we can allow them to know that it is perfectly valid for them to miss their birth family and their birth mom and dad and their birth brothers and that that grief is real. We adopted our daughter when she was 48 hours old and from birth we have always told her adoption story to her and to others. We have signage in the house, we have books, we have pictures of her birth parents. We just make it very known that she is adopted. And this makes some people very uncomfortable because they think we should wait for a more appropriate age. And it's interesting because I'm not sure what age is appropriate other than right away. So it's not stigmatized. And there's a lot of research and literature that supports raising a child uh, that is adopted to know they are adopted. So that way they become a more well-rounded human being with a sense of self-identity, that their story is unique and they that's what makes them special and it's okay that they are adopted. And then you can go in to explain things like this was a decision made out of love or these are the certain circumstances and, you know, it's nothing to be ashamed of. And there's other benefits too, such as medical history, um, which has benefited us in the past by having that contact information, even with the birth parents or just knowing who they are, where they come from, things like that. Um, people sometimes think that later in life, kids might want to go back to their birth families. And I personally believe, you know, we all overcome obstacles with our children's as, as they arise and, um, at the end of the day, you are their parents and you guys will overcome whatever obstacle there is together. And there really isn't that fear. Um, you know, often there's a reason that they've been placed, uh, for adoption and into an adoptive family and, um, their, their birth parents aren't in a position to take care of them or weren't at that time. And so it just, it really isn't a valid c concern. And so when you explain this to your children, um, they just, they don't lose their sense of self later in life if they were to have found out, you know, at 15 or 20 or 30 um, that they were adopted. Thank you again to our sponsor, Breaks to Go the brake repair shop that comes to you. Next time you think your car may need brake repair, remember to reach out to brakes to go Dallas's most convenient, affordable, and trusted brake repair option. You can find more information about our sponsor by checking out our show notes. See you later. As always, visit fwmoms.com. To see the notes from this show, including links to products and content mentioned in this episode. And one more time, just in case you missed it, fwmoms.com. Fort Worth Moms.